You heard it here first. I agree with Joe Biden. I, I do not view abortion as a uh, um, as a choice and a right. I think it's always a tragedy. <laughs> yes, you're right. And that's a good thing because abortion is wrong and Roe v. Wade is dead while he's been president. And not much is going to change, unfortunately, in most of the country. What about your state? What about where you live? Plus, the people on the side of killing the unborn keep showing us their true colors. This is your favorite night of the week, The Deep End on Tim Hatch Live. Yes, it is a happy day here on the channel, and it is Tuesday, 7.30 p.m. Hello, everybody watching. Make sure you let me know down in the comments below or to the right that you are here. I love your comments, love hearing from you, and make sure that you're subscribing to the channel, liking the video, and clicking that notification bell, because as much as it's a great day for the end of Roe v. Wade um, today, uh, it's a sad day for the channel because this is the last deep end of season five. Season five, episode 32. We usually average around 32 episodes. And this is the last one. So season five comes to an end tonight. What does that mean? That means we're taking a break from the deep end through the month of July. We'll be back in August. But those of you who know me and have followed this channel long enough know that I probably will not make it a whole month without doing some kind of deep end content. I'll probably throw in a deep end episode, a deep end season six preview at some time, at some point before the month of August. So again, make sure that you're hitting that notification bell. And we're also going to start the second half of our Revelation series, the Reader's Digest version from season two. Uh, that content is going to be released on July 5th and released every day at 9 a.m. So make sure, again, you're subscribed and clicking that notification bell. Yes, yes, ladies and gentlemen, in 1982, Joe Biden, uh, then Senator Joe Biden, proposed a constitutional amendment that would overturn Roe v. Wade and allow the states to choose their own policies on abortion. Wow, what a difference 42 years makes. Um so what happened to Joe? Joe became a sock puppet for the progressive sexual revolutionites. And he is literally just filling in the blank for the people who want to propose and create a culture in which there are no rules to any sexual proclivities. There are no consequences because you can just destroy the baby or the results of fornication. And that is what this side of our country wants. But they had a big blow, a big setback last week when it became official. We had already talked about it on this channel, but it finally became official. Roe v. Wade overturned by the Supreme Court in a 6-3, to three, really a 5-4 to four decision by the nine Supreme Court justices. Um, amazing. I'm 45 years old, and I, that means I'm five years younger than Roe v. Wade. I, it, it's just crazy to think about. This is the first time in my life that I get to see what the United States will look like without this ridiculous constitutional, really unconstitutional right foisted upon the American culture. Now, there is lots of confusion about the Supreme Court decision, and that's why we're going to do the deep end commentary full bore. Let's go. I do the deep end commentary so that we can learn. We can learn about what's actually factually true. Lots of confusion. And what I'm learning once again when I scroll on social media or hear the news or see the response of the pro baby killing crowd, what I keep seeing is that most Americans don't know how our government works. 
They don't know what our Constitution says. They don't understand that the original Roe v. Wade decision was based loosely on the ideals of the 1st, 4th, 5th, 6th, and 14th Amendments. It was largely based on a right to privacy that doesn't actually exist in the Constitution. More on that later. And it was really an attempt of the sexual progressive sexual revolutionites to make women more like men by letting them kill their babies in the womb. And there's been horrible results in the aftermath of all of this. You can search the Constitution for yourself and you will not find a right to abortion. And in fact, for most of the last millennium of human history, abortion was outlawed in almost every civilized country. I get this is a modern movement. The results, once again, of the sexual revolution in the 1960s. And the wheels are coming off of the sexual revolution's progress every time we turn on the news. But when it happens and your movement fails, a lot of people freak out and feel like they're losing rights. No, we're coming back to our senses. All that's really going to happen at, the, at this point, though, at the end of Roe v. Wade, is that individual states will set the legality of abortion for themselves. And the people of those states will choose what they want as law in their state. This is called federalism, and you want to be a fan of federalism. It means that the federal government gets out of your life even more, which means that if it works right, you also pay less taxes to the federal government. You could make more money if you just let the federal government stay out of your state's business. But we've got to discuss a lot of the things about Roe v. Wade's uh, end and how things will change and what things won't change. So right off the bat, Planned Parenthood popped up this interactive map on their website to make sure that the baby killers knew where they could go to kill their babies. Uh, in black are the states that have laws now that officially ban abortion across the board. That would be Utah, and South Dakota. Missouri, Arkansas, Oklahoma, Texas, and Alabama. Then the states in red are restrictive. There are some laws and increasing laws that are uh, restricting abortion. By the way, fun little fact about Wisconsin. They had a law on the book from like 1836, like two years after they became a state that outlawed abortion, which again just goes to show that abortion has always been thought as any legal activity in the history of this country. It was a fi fabricated right in the 1970s. Anyway, so Wisconsin is dealing with that right now, this law in the books that they never dealt with, and now I guess is kind of restricted abortion, or they've had the Supreme Court of their state step in and allow it. I don't know what's going on. But anyway, the states in pink or in light pink are, are the states where abortion is still allowed. So relax, New York baby killers. Relax, California baby killers. Relax, Nevada baby killers. You can still kill your baby. In fact, in some states, you can kill your baby after it's alive. Unless, of course, it's a transgender six-month-old and then it's considered a hate crime and you're going to go to prison for life. But anyway, this is where we are in America. And I want to remind you about something. This is important that you understand. America is home to the most lenient laws in this hemisphere regarding abortion. This from Pew Research that compared to our hemispherical comrades, if you will, Haiti, Brazil, Peru, and other countries in this hemisphere of the world, the United States is right to the far end of the most liberal countries regarding the right to abortion. By the way, we are also far more liberal than our European counterparts in the West. European countries are far more conservative and restrictive regarding abortion. In fact, most all but three European countries restrict abortion past 12 weeks, and almost every single one of them provide conscientious, conscientious objection rights for doctors and nurses who don't want to perform abortions for any reason whatsoever. But don't worry, pro-baby killing people. The Biden administra administration is here to help you make sure that you don't have to deal with those pesky kids running around your house. 
They're going to spend your and my tax dollars giving you opportunities to transport yourself, your pregnant self, over state lines to have an abortion. This is from Fox News. The Health and Human, uh, Health and Human Services Secretary Becerra of the Biden administration says they're going to assist in transporting women who want abortions across state lines. So, so here's where we are here. Uh, the country that we live in right now is in serious national debt. Inflation is spiraling out of control. The gas pump is draining your wallet. And many of you can't find baby formula or tampons. But good news, good news. The federal government finally and suddenly found money for you to kill your babies. I'd like to know where this money is coming from, but that's that's what they're doing. By the way, corporate America is also towing the woke line uh, from CNN.com. These U.S. companies will cover travel costs for employees who need an abortion. Up to $4,000, by the way, of travel costs. These companies include Microsoft, Apple, Yelp, Dick, Sporting Goods, Tesla, Meta, Disney, Uber, Netflix, Levi, Nike, Chase, Starbucks, Goldman Sachs, HP, and Chobani. Now, the one that really cracks me up is Disney. Disney wants to pay their employees to kill their target audience. This is crazy to me. Like, doesn't Disney want to sell their child product? Don't they want to sell their entertainment options to more children? Doesn't killing children actually strike against their bottom line? Uh, it's just bizarro world in the woke scolds community. But they're all willing, these companies, to pay $4,000, up to $4,000, so that you, young birthing person, can destroy your unwanted baby. <laughs> right off the bat, young people, this should bother you. Because you guys talk a lot about income inequality and how the rich have all of it and they don't give you any of it. How did these companies suddenly have $4,000 to pay you to kill your baby, but they didn't have $4,000 two weeks ago to just increase your pay? That's a good question, right? Because are you ready for this? And this is very important. These companies know something, young people, that you, you need to hear. They know that $4,000 to kill your kid is cheaper than giving you eight weeks leave for not having a child. I mean, for having a child. They know that maternity and paternity leave is far more costly than just getting you to kill it. That's where they're at. That's what they believe. Corporate, mer uh, corporate America is not in it for the compassion, friends. They are in it for the slave labor that they keep tricking you into. The question right now is, will you take blood money to keep working for the man? Now, there's a lot of questions. There's a lot of confusion, and there's a lot of debate about abortion, and some even within Christian circles, like the debate about rape and incest. Well, what do the stats say regarding abortion being allowed or, or regarding the morality of abortion when uh, a daughter is impregnated by her father, heaven forbid, or her uncle, or, or, or someone is raped, and nobody wishes that upon anybody. Of course not. But what do the stats say? Let's ask that question. This from the healthresearchfunding.org website. 18 shocking abortion statistics concerning rape victims. Did you know that fewer than 1% of all abortions take place because there has been a rape or incest involved to create the pregnancy? And up to 85% of the women who become pregnant through rape or incest choose to have the child. So think about that. 15% choose to abort the child from rape and incest. And those are 1% of all abortions that take place. So that's 0.15% of abortions. 0.15% of abortions happen because of rape or incest. Uh, by the way, the national rape-related pregnancy rate is 5% per rape among victims. So you have a very small chance of getting pregnant from rape, and then you have an even smaller chance of the, of the woman being raped wanting to abort the child. 15%. 
Needless to say, okay, as horrible as rape and incest is, and it is horrible, those are hardly the foundational pillars that make abortion moral. Uh, that just doesn't compute, doesn't add up. No, the truth is, and we've talked about this on this channel before, it's always been about consequence-free fornication. Uh, the feminist movement wants to turn women into men and make them more powerful and give them positions of power. And if kids get in the way of the god of Molech, worshiping the god of Molech, well, cursed be the kids. By the way, while we're at it, I want to talk about the myths that make abortion attractive because there's a whole bunch of them. And I got this content from Kevin DeYoung over at ChristianHeadlines.com. Kevin DeYoung is a fabulous theologian and preacher, and he makes up this list of seven abortion or seven myths regarding abortion that a lot of Christians, unfortunately, also believe. And it makes them kind of squeamish or squishy on the issue of pro-life. So seven myths that make abortion attractive. Number one, that abortion was a common and widely accepted practice throughout history. That's not true, Kevin DeYoung researches. Abortion was rare well into the 19th century, and almost all abortion methods before then were ineffective and dangerous, mostly to the mother. Unwanted children were terminated, but they were done after being, they were terminated after being born. Modern abortion, you need to understand this, is a relatively new phenomenon and the result of modern scientific advancements. Myth number two, that Roe was based on a careful consideration or investigation of the facts. This is not true at all. In fact, one of the attorneys arguing for abortion rights in the Roe v. Wade case said, quote, the facts don't matter, end quote. The investigation in Roe was largely taken up with procedural questions. And then the decision of the Supreme Court justices, the 7-2 decision, contained the famous emanations and penumbras phrase, that was used to discuss the constitutionality of killing your unborn child. This was a right that was created right out of thin air. And some say, don't we have the right to privacy, which covers the right to abortion? And the answer is no. No, you don't. And another product of the sexual revolution proves we don't have the right to privacy. It's called child pornography. If someone has child pornography in their possession or on their computer, that person does not have the right to hold and contain that pornography. It is illegal as it should be, and the person holding it should be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. And I bet most pro-choicers would be 100% on board with that. So the right to privacy absolutely does not exist in the Constitution. Myth number three, women were dying by the thousands because of back alley abortions. Uh, no, the truth is the number of maternal deaths from all causes in 1972, the year before Roe v. Wade took shape, was 780. 780 maternal deaths in 1972, down from 7,267 in 1942. So great medical advancements were saving women from maternal deaths. And so of those 780 maternal deaths in 1972, 140 of them were listed as abortion deaths. But this number included those that were caused by natural spontaneous miscarriage. So you have a lot of fuzzy, fuzzy math, in the words of George W. Bush, regarding the need for abortion because of the thousands upon of thousands of women who were dying with pregnancy. Pregnancy gives life. 
it doesn't take life. I mean, Christians should know that. Like, that's a simple theological conclusion. Amen? Number four myth, existing abortion laws targeted women. Uh, no, the truth is virtually all states with anti-abortion laws treated women as a victim and never as a perpetrator or accomplice to the abortion. The states understood that abortions were often coerced by others, most notably men who didn't want to pay for child support or support the job. And they understood that prosecuting the woman who had an abortion was not enforceable. Instead, treating the woman as a second victim of abortion was the consistent policy of the states for nearly a century before Roe. So no, this is not about attacking women. And contrary to some celebrity uh, rages on Instagram, there will be no prosecution for miscarriages going forward. Myth number five, the destruction of the fetus was never treated as infanticide in the American legal tradition. That also is not true. The Anglo-American law tradition inherited from Roman law called the fetus an unborn child or child since at least the 1200s. It was in the 19th century that statutes enacted in 17 states referred to the crime against an unborn child as manslaughter or murder or assault with intent to murder. Most of these statutes called the unborn child a child, not a fetus or term which could undermine the full personhood of the term. Myth number six, our abortion laws are mainstream compared with the rest of America. Now, I've already talked about this. The United States is one of only 10 nations that allow abortion after 15 weeks of gestation. In seven countries, abortion is broadly legal after viability. Canada, South Korea, North Korea, Vietnam, China, Australia, and the United States. We are in the minority of countries and one of only three modern Western countries that allow for abortion past 15 weeks of gestation for reasons pertaining to the health of the mother, that is physical or mental health. And by the way, that mental health issue is the real sticking point because as the states have these permissible laws regarding abortion up to the point of pregnancy, uh, of, up to the point of delivery. Uh, they allow for abortion for the sake of the mother's mental health. That means that a woman could be giving birth, have a nervous breakdown and say, kill the baby, I don't want it. And in some states right now, they will do it. Literally will do it. That's at least allowed by law. Lastly, myth number seven, abortion is safer than childbirth. This one's a big misnomer. The truth is, that abortion is very dangerous and very unhealthy for mothers. The medical mantra based on seven journal articles with no reliable medical data was considered in the briefs filed with the Supreme Court in the Roe v. Wade case. Again, faulty science, much like we saw during COVID, was the impetus behind the idea to say abortion is safer than childbirth. I mean, literally, step out of the cultural you know, indoctrination for a moment and think a woman giving birth, a woman bearing a child is in danger. No, even human history proves that that's not true. Just modern sensibilities should tell us that that's not true. You just have to watch a lot of friends and Netflix to come to these insane conclusions. And I want to go deeper on this issue that abortion is quote unquote safe. Nothing could be further from the truth. This from Human Life International, The Risks of Abortion. And right there at the top, in his book, Abortion Practices, prolific late-term abortionist Dr. Warren Hearn once admitted, quote, in medical practice, there are few surgical procedures given so little attention and so underrated in its potential hazards as abortion. It is a commonly held view that complications are inevitable. 
And then this, not much has changed since his admission. Admission, Women are often injured as Operation Rescue repeatedly documents. And women still suffer both short-term and long-term effects from abortions. In 2019, an amicus curiae brief, former abortion providers Dr. Kathy Altman, Carol Everett, Dr. Anthony Levitino, and Dr. Beverly McMillan testified in Louisiana to the need for abortion doctors to have hospital admitting, admitting privileges. They testified because they understand the frequent dangers to mothers, dangers that are exacerbated when the abortionist cannot or will not send mothers to the hospital after something has gone wrong. Uh, so abortion, no, not safe and not natural <laughs> by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, the most recent uh, abortion surveillance report from November 2020 by the CDC, by the way, covering 45 years of abortion statistics from 1973 to 2017 indicates that out of 519 maternal deaths, 86.1% resulted from legal abortion, 11% from illegal abortion, and 2.9% from abortion whose legality was not known. And there on the right, the risks of child, uh, the risks of abortion are encompassed in that graphic uh, loss of uterus, death, injury to eternal organs, infertility, anxiety, guilt, depression, um, endless lists of problems such as pelvic inflammatory disease, placenta previa, ectopic pregnancies, which means pregnancies that threaten far greater miscarriages after having an abortion, cervical lacerations, uterine perforation, breast cancer. One report from abortionbreastcancer.com has found research that shows a 40% risk of breast cancer increase for women who have had abortions, not to mention depression and PTSD. On a side note, all of the social surveys show us that depression and anxiety levels of women are higher than ever before in this country after 50 years of having the right to kill their unborn children. I very much believe that it is the ability to kill your child in the womb that has everything to do with that. For all the pro-choice clamoring about how this empowers women, the social results, the social survey results show the exact opposite is actually true. One quick Google search on women's happiness, one quick Google search on women's happiness produced the following articles on my search. This from 2013 Psychology Today, uh, Paula Davis, women and happiness, is it still declining? And the opening article of the article says, this is a great time for women. Women all over the world are running countries, companies, and universities. The most recent U.S. Secretary of State and Speaker of the House were women. Women make up half of the workplace and now f f uh, fight side by side with their male counterparts in the military. But given all these advancements, are women happier? According to a 2009 study entitled The Paradox of Declining Female Happiness, the answer is a resounding no. So no, women are not happier as a result of all this empowerment from abortion. A Huffington Post article in 2017 asked the question, what's happening to women's happiness? The Daily Mail says women are more unhappy despite 40 years of feminism. And then one journal article from the Harvard Kennedy School talks about the paradox of declining female happiness. Again, that 2009 study of, of in the American Economic Journal exploring why American women's happiness has decreased relative to men's happiness from 1972, interesting date there, to 2006. Friends, the aim of feminism and the requisite right to abortion has failed to fulfill the female sex. Gee, I wonder who could have told them that before you started killing 63 million kids. Maybe, 
Maybe, just maybe, the God-given process of conceiving life within you and carrying that life and then producing that life in breathing children and then raising them is just what it was cracked up to be according to the Bible all along, the ultimate form of happiness for women. But modern woman has been duped. She's been duped to believe that clerking for a senator or Supreme Court justice or running a heartless corporation or securing power in the halls of Congress will make them much happier than hearing the cry of mommy from their own offspring or bringing that child to the park on a Sunday day, on a, sun, on a sunny day, or seeing that child one day graduate high school or college and start families of their own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure your middle level position in some corporate executive office is as, as, is as fulfilling as holding your own grandchild. And fundamentally, as a pastor, I have to say that all of this outrage that we're seeing on social media regarding this uh, most recent Supreme Court decision exposes the dark and nasty underbelly of American consumerism and narcissism. Modern woman is so disconnected from the joy of raising children and the blessing of having children that they would rather kill them before they're born to serve their own selfish lusts and personal ambitions sold to them, by the way, by the men who want to use them for their bodies and rob them of their God-given potential. It's how you get women like these two. And here up on the screen, these two pictures basically encapsulate the craziness of the pro-choice movement. On the left, you have a woman standing with her husband and three children holding a cardboard sign outside the Supreme Court on Friday saying, don't force this on anyone. <laughs> don't force what? Three healthy children? On anyone? Really? Someone forced you to do that? Someone forced you to marry this man, have sex with him enough times to produce three happy and healthy children. Gosh, your life is tough. Hashtag suffering. And the woman on the right, probably eight to nine months pregnant, decided to write with marker, not yet a human, on her pregnant belly. Um, this is the absurdity of many pro-choice people and is coming out in full force. Uh, consider these pro-abortionists on TikTok. And when you want to find out how bad the human condition is, just visit TikTok for a few minutes. Watch this. All the human rights are going to start falling down. All right, LGBTQ plus community, we're next on the chopping block and birth control and possibly interracial marriage. So pretty much we're going... The only thing that's going to have rights in this country is white men and guns. This is about the woman who tried to have a baby so bad and ended up having a miscarriage who now has to go stand on trial. <sighs> if we don't stand up now and do something about this, The Handmaid's Tale is going to be more than just a show. How do I look at my daughters and tell them that they're growing up in an amazing place when they're not? And tell them they're born. I think that... If you can leave the country, you should. I think if you're of childbearing age and you can leave the country, you should. Go to we Vietnam. Can't. We need to rise up. We need to fight. Okay, well, it's going to be a summer of protesting. Again. How are we still living in this? You protest. I'm going on how? vacation. How have we not completely dismantled the government? How? Why? Why are we all just sitting here letting this happen? I am shaking right now because of how mad I am. Mm. How far women have fought, how far everybody has fought mm. for freedom. 
and our freedoms are being stripped from us one by one by why doesn't the government care if i live why don't they care why don't they care about us Okay, I I laugh at that last one because you have to realize that she took the time to pick up her phone, open TikTok, press record, and then do the crocodile tear cry out there. Like, how genuine is it? How genuine are the tears when you took the initiative to pick up your phone and post a TikTok of you crying your eyes out in the wake of the news that you might not be able to terminate your child's life in the womb? This is why, guys, eventually the pro-choice side will totally lose. They will totally lose. Just like the same people who argued that a black man was not a real person and enslaved them in the cotton fields of the South. These morons who deny science will be tossed on the ash heap of history. And frankly, I can't wait. And by the way, what is with the number of pro-choice women that have facial piercings? These ladies, by the way, probably don't need to worry about not being able to get an abortion. As recent scientific data suggests that female facial piercings have been losing their attraction to men since its height during the caveman era. Not a scientific survey, by the way. <laughs> In other good news, uh, we're going to have sex strike. Let's talk about, let's talk about that. Really, really, really good. That's really good news. It's good. Yeah, the good news is that sex strike is trending again on Twitter. And you remember I did this with Emperor Palpatine a couple of weeks ago, but this from the Daily Wire sex strike trends on Twitter after Supreme Court abortions ruling. So women are calling themselves to action. And as a Christian pastor, I cannot agree more with this idea. I am 100% on board with uh, Marilyn, hashtag free Wendy, who posted this tweet. My legs are, capital letters, closed. Hashtag sex strike. Women of America, take the pledge. And she says this, we will not have sex with any man, including our husbands, unless we are trying to become pregnant. And something tells me that that's not going to hold up, but I am on board board with this idea. By the way, the responses, the replies to her tweet didn't go the way that she uh, probably thought they would. Like living with ING said, well, that's always been a choice to begin with. And then Vasily said, my younger self would selfishly loathe this notion. But now that I have a little girl of my own, I welcome the idea of no sex before marriage. And then Nathan C says, thanks for the PSA. The world will be a better place. Larry Reed said, if they had done that in the first place, we wouldn't need Roe. And then finally, Philip Hodgkinson says, great idea. This is one way to strengthen the next generation. I agree. Yes, this is good, as Emperor Palpatine says. <laughs> anyway, we do have work to do. It's why I do this podcast, because the trend for pro-choice is increasing, particularly amongst the young. This from Gallup Research, 18 to 29-year-olds who identify on the abortion issue is skyrocketing in the pro-choice department. We're up at an all-time high, 71%. Um, the good news for this channel is that my largest demographic on YouTube is men aged 24 to 45, and I love that. So I hope you're listening. I hope you're learning. I hope I'm helping you. I'm hoping I'm giving you language around the scriptures as to why you should be pro-life. And that's why I ask for your support on this channel, because there's a better option than the nonsense that has been foisted upon our young children by the culture of death and sex without consequences. That option is the truth of God's word. We need to go back to scripture. Like when scripture just talks about children, it calls them in Psalm 127 verse 3, a heritage, a reward from the Lord, the fruit of the womb, 
a reward. It says, like arrows in the hand of a warrior are children born in one's youth. And then consider these pro-life texts like Jeremiah 1.5, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Galatians 1.15, Paul says, even before I was born, God chose me and called me by his marvelous grace. Ladies and gentlemen, we don't believe that life begins at conception. We believe that life begins at God's design even before conception. And young people, listen to me. These texts are important because they testify to the fact that your life is not a mistake. You were not the product of your parents' decision. You were the product of God's decision. Yes, you are God's idea. Hashtag amen. It doesn't matter what your parents did or said. It doesn't matter where you come from. It matters where you're going and what God has made you. It doesn't matter what culture says. It matters what God's word says. And you have every right to take pride in who you are as a creation of Almighty God. As the scripture says in Psalm 139, you formed me in my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when it was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance in your book were written er, that my day every one of them the days that were formed for me when as yet there was none of them these are words to live by not the words of insane hollywood actresses okay parents let me lean in here for a second parents listening listening this is a great opportunity for you to have a conversation with your children about what christian conviction looks like in the face of overwhelming opposition from popular culture you bring your kids to church for an hour and 15 minutes, and then they go home and they watch Netflix for eight to 10 hours a day, including YouTube. And pretty much every popular celebrity has to toe the woke line on abortion, has to toe the pro-choice line. I bring up celebrities like Sophia Bush, who I wasn't even aware was a celebrity until I started researching this content. Uh, she suggested criminalizing miscarriages is next. Not true, by the way, and you have to be less educated than Greta Thunberg to believe that. By the way, Sophia Bush also said last year that denying kids sex changes is, quote, tantamount to murder, end quote. Th these are the people who are going to enculturate your children if you don't sit them down and tell them, this is not who we are. We are children of the Most High God. We are people who march to the beat of Jesus's drum. We are proud to be born again, and there's nothing wrong with saying that. Please understand that if you don't say something, the culture will say everything and you will lose your child. By the way, one other little tidbit on this whole decision from the Supreme Court. It's pretty illuminating to consider that the one woman of the three women on the Supreme Court who struck down Roe v. Wade is also the only mother on the court. Yes, Amy Comey Barrett, a devout Catholic, has seven children, two adopted from Haiti. While dissenting justices Elena Kagan and Sona, Son, Sonia Sotomayor have no children. By the way, from Sotomayor's Wikipedia page, she was raised Catholic, but she grew up with an alcoholic father and a mother who was emotionally distant. Gee, I wonder how you arrive at the idea that having children is a bad idea. The lie foisted upon young women today is you can only succeed if you kill your unwanted children for the sake of your career. And two justices voted to uphold that. And the justice with seven kids voted to strike that ideal down. What does that say about the resultant views espoused by women who actually have lots of children? I think it says a lot. And 
according to the woke skulls, they keep, again, like I say, revealing who they really are. This from Spiked.com. Clarence Thomas and the racism of the woke elites. The only Supreme Court justice that's black, Clarence Thomas, has been called the N-word prolifically on Twitter since the decision. This by the tolerant and progressive people, many of them having their Twitter accounts banned. Samuel Jackson called him an Uncle Tom. And the mayor of Chicago, Lori Lightfoot, yelled to a crowd of chanting idiots, F. Clarence Thomas. Yeah, these are the nice, progressive, tolerant people. The pro-choice movement will be seen for what it is. It actually is being seen for what it is. Child-hating, narcissistic racists on the wrong side of history. At least, that's my prayer that will happen. Okay, if I haven't offended you yet with my content on abortion, let's end Pride Month. It's still Pride Month. So let's end Pride Month with a brand new segment. I do a lot of this content every week anyway, but I've decided to create a segment devoted to it. And I'm sure uh, we will be able to use this segment all year long. It's called When the Alphabet Attacks. This channel is going to get taken down off of YouTube, I tell you. Um, So, sexual revolution proving empty on the LGBTQIA, LMNOP, hashtag ampersand side as well. Several, Several more reports coming out about nudity in front of children at Pride Parades. The Sun chronicles that at the New York Pride Parade, thousands dance, march naked, and celebrate in, fr- in colorful gay rights parade. The Post Millennial reports Seattle's Pride attendees prance nude in front of children. Uh, by the way, those are pictures from Toronto's Pride Parade, which, pic- which shows you a naked man marching down the street and children on the sidelines and andy no who is himself a gay man reporting on seattle's pride parade a group of nude adults was part of the our seattle pride event today attended by families and young children video by the post millennial so this is what you call i guess progress it's really just the ultimate aim of the lgbtqia uh, advancement the normalization of sexualizing minors in the name of progress but what about when progress is actually regress and met with regret? I bring you this article from the Daily Wire. Quote, God, what have I done? End quote. Man suing over sex change says avalanche of detransitioners looms. So this story chronicles a British man who intends to sue the National Health Service. That's the British um, healthcare system. For greenlighting sex change surgery while battling mental illness. And he's gone public to reveal his pain, fa- painful plight in a bombshell interview. This is Richie Heron, a biological male from Newcastle, told the Daily Mail in an exclusive interview that the 2018 surgery left him badly damaged and that he knew immediately after the operation he had made a mistake. His situation first became public last week when he tweeted about it under a pseudonym. He has to tweet about it under a pseudonym because they'll attack him if he doesn't. The 35-year-old gay government worker said he battled depression and gender dysphoria before deciding a sex change operation was the answer but he said the procedure which he caused the biggest mistake of my life has left him infertile incontinent and in constant agony heron said his ordeal with the nhs began a decade ago when he sought professional help for depression which he attributes to being gay and living in the closet he had recently learned about gender dysphoria in an internet chat room where others convinced him he was transgender 
He said he was referred to a psychologist and then to the Northern Region Gender Dysphoria Service run by the NHS. In 2014, a clinic diagnosed him as transsexual after just two 30-minute appointments. A psychiatrist recommended medication to block testosterone production in preparation for a gender change. This is insanity, friends. And let's hope that he's right, that an avalanche of detransitioners are going to start happening and trickling out of this man-made dam holding back the winds of truth and justice from our culture. I trust that you're getting deeper in the word of God. What we are experiencing right now across this country and across the world is what we've always experienced, but exponentially so as the return of Christ approaches. Remember that Jesus said deception would be one of the biggest signs of the end times. It would get so bad that even if possible, the elect might be deceived, but that's not possible. And he would also go on to say in Matthew 24, because of the lawlessness of men will be increased, the love of many will grow cold. You got a true, you got to hold to the truth regardless of what people say or think. And I think to close out this episode, we should hear from the lone black Supreme Court justice who just had a hand in striking down Roe v. Wade, Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas. You can be in the middle of a hurricane or you can be on a calm day, north is still north. You could be in a thunderstorm, north is still north. People can yell at you, north is still north. It doesn't change fundamental things. And in this business, right is still right, even if you stand by yourself. Yeah, thank you Clarence Thomas for holding to true north. Ladies and gentlemen, that's the show. If you can, support the show. I'm very appreciative of this. We're going to get advertisements into the Bible Belt. We're heading into the Bible Belt, believe it or not. So send us some support if you can to the Cash app, uh, Cash tag Tim Hatch Live or timhatchlive.com slash support. I appreciate every single one of you. And tomorrow, believe it or not, we finally come to the end of our study in the book of Romans with a deep dive Bible study tomorrow night at 7.30 p.m. I hope that you can be there. Uh, like, subscribe. Make sure that you're hitting that like button, guys. It helps us get this word out into YouTube's uh, web verse, whatever it is, subscribe, give the beard some love, and also click that notification bell so that you are notified every time we go live. The Deep End is brought to you by people like you. Thank you for being here. God bless. See you tomorrow night.